welcome to the Light It Red podcast. I'm Griffin. I'm Jenna. And this is our debut episode. Um, we are here at the WKNC studio, and we are both. I'm a I'm a sophomore. I'm a first year. And we are both involved with student media and sports. And this is going to be kind of a deep dive into NC State sports and just uh, the happenings around um, what's in season. And today, our debut episode is going to focus on men and women's basketball and how they just were eliminated in the same day uh, in the March Madness tournaments. So for our first topic of discussion, we're going to get into men's basketball. Um, so to start out, uh, men's basketball lost to Creighton on... Friday. Friday, all right. And they lost by nine here. And um, yeah, general thoughts on that loss, Jenna? Um, to be honest, I saw it coming. Okay. They've never, um, I feel like they've definitely had stretches where they've played really well, but especially in higher pressure games or like tournament games, they haven't really performed this season. Like mm-hmm. they've definitely done better than last season, but this season it was kind of a toss up for both men's and women's teams, I think. Like they would have certain games where they'd play uh, really good teams or highly ranked teams in the ACC or nationally ranked teams, and you'd be like, wow, like we're kind of good. And then, other games, they'd play kind of like no-name teams, and you'd be like, like yikes, yeah. what happened? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think they lost to – I think there was one game that they lost to Pitt early in the season, and that was kind of yeah. the game where I was like – Their ACC opener, yeah. Yeah, that, that was tough. Like, Pitt is an experienced team, and they kind of had a, a game plan that they executed on, and NC State just couldn't, like, hit shots kind of outside of – Quavion Smith, which is exactly what happened against Creighton, and then Creighton obviously is better than Pitt. Um, they had that one big guy. I don't. I need to figure out his name here, but I don't like him. Um, he runs funny, but um, yeah, they they. I think he had a career high in points against them because uh, Burns couldn't stay out of Burns couldn't you know stay in and. Got in foul trouble and everything. which I think has been a pretty consistent issue for him. Like that's happened a couple times where he's even though he's playing well, he has been benched because of foul trouble. Yeah, I think Keats has said on a couple occasions that like he doesn't want to play Burns more than twenty five minutes because like he is a liability when he when it comes to like running the floor and stuff. Yeah, but um, at times you know he was a great energy guy and I think that's why people really fell in love with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the kind of the big moment there he kind of it all went went away and and Joyner wasn't making his shots and yeah those were the three that him Smith and Burns were like the biggest scoring guys on the team and it just didn't come together and uh which I think was their problem at Pitt against Pitt like going back to what you're saying like there just wasn't a lot of like cohesiveness like there was Smith doing his thing and doing really well but there wasn't a lot of contributions coming from everyone else or even good like team chemistry where they could move the ball really well or anything like that which we saw at certain points in the season like I remember the Wake Forest game was a really good game for them when they played I believe it was was here that they had like a really good game and Burns had a career high Mm -hmm. um 
and he was also like dishing out really good assists and everything like that. But yeah, definitely against Creighton, like they lacked the cohesiveness that they needed to win that game. Yeah, yeah. The guy, the center, his name is Ryan Kalkbrenner Jr. Yeah, he mm-hmm. he's seven one. So I think yeah, they didn't have any like true centers on the roster this year, and so when it came to like matching up against like actual bigs, I think. I mean, they split with Duke this season, but Duke has a couple of bigs. Outside of that, yeah. I don't think they really played like any true like seven footers. And so when they put like Ernest Ross in there, like I don't know who's what's the other guy? Uh, Duana. Yeah, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ebenezer. Yeah, he. Um, I mean, he played good against in the in the tournament, kinda. I think he was a good relief for Burns, but. I think with um, Miranda next season, I think that might really help because he's mm-hmm. an actual like seven footer that yeah can you know rotate off of pick and rolls on defense and you know be a rim protector, which mm-hmm. is kind of what they were missing. And then you know consistent paint scoring as a whole, I'd say. Yeah. Um, do you know? Were you paying attention to Jack Clark at all? Because there was a lot of hype around him. I think coming back from injury and how he was kind of gonna boost the team. Yeah. A lot. I think when they played Carolina, I think he was a really big contributor to that, and that was kind of like the pinnacle of like NC State basketball and like their execution. And um, you know, he's a good stretch for. Is he a junior? Um. I thought he was a graduate student. Oh, but I then he won't. Yeah, he won't be back. But um, yeah, graduate student. Yeah. So I think isn't I think Gant Gant will be back. Um, I I don't know. I think that stretch where Clark was injured, and Gant was coming in. Um, you know, he wasn't like someone that demanded touches on offense, and so. I think he really knew his role as like an energy guy and like a defensive kind of rebound guy, which is, Mm -hmm. again, it's something that every team needs. And uh, he wasn't, I don't think he saw the floor against Creighton. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I think Jack Clark hit like one three. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he scored a lot outside of that. He definitely missed more than he made. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Him, along with, you know, everyone outside of Smith was definitely more of, like, a hindrance to the success of the team, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah, but then you'd also mentioned earlier, like, even though Smith had his 32 points, he was also shooting a lot of shots that weren't the best. That's true. Which probably also contributed to the loss, because yeah. instead of other people getting good looks, he was sort of shooting these, like, fadeaway threes that were also contested. And obviously, mm-hmm. that's a really hard shot to make. Yeah. Yeah, I think the kind of selfish. I mean, it's hard to not be selfish in like in the March Madness tournament because every game is nationally televised, and like a lot of these guys aren't sure about you know what their future is going to be. And so, even though like team success is the number one priority, when you can have like individual success as a lower seeded team that mm-hmm. you know gets a lot of attention, and Smith definitely got a lot of attention and. I think it reminded me of like, like John Morant wasn't like a heavily uh, scouted guy coming out of high school, and he went to like 
Murray State and they were a 12 seed and he had a really good showing in the tournament and then ended up being the yeah. number two pick. So I think, you know, guys see that and they're like, I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. Like I want to make, or that's what I, I need want to, to do be a lottery pick, pick in the pick, NBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that was definitely probably in the back of his head. Um, but he obviously, like the, t- the team win was definitely, like he was very emotional and mm-hmm. I don't know if that helped or hurt the team. I don't know. He he got caught on the on the sidelines there, kind of having a little moment. Yeah, the, I'm sure many people saw with the chair. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Clearly frustrated. Yeah, I think Joyner had to come in and calm him down, mm-hmm. which is good to have that on the team. And so I, I'm curious as to like next year, what who's gonna kind of be? They're not gonna have a Smith type player. I know they have some new recruits coming in, but I don't know. I think Casey Morcel is gonna probably be the locker room leader. But I don't know mm-hmm. if he's that guy to come in and like calm people down. I think he just is a calming presence. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Do you want to jump into kind of the women's game? Um. Yeah, I have a lot to say about the women's All right. game. <laughs> I'll let you kind of start for this one. Um. Yeah. So I covered that game for technician actually, and. They were definitely expecting to win. I was a little bit surprised when they it came out that they were a seven seed mm-hmm. because I feel like they kind of fell off towards the end of the season. Like mm-hmm. they did really well in their game against Syracuse, but then their next game against Notre Dame was not a great showing for them. So I would have expected them to have a lower seed, but they ended up as a seven. And I didn't think um, Princeton got in off of, they got the automatic bid from winning their conference. And, and I they were just. 10 seed, right? The seven versus 10. Yeah, okay. 10 seed. Um, so I thought that NC State would have, it wouldn't be an easy win, but it would be mm-hmm. pretty, you know, they had a good chance. Um, and there was also a lot of listening to the broadcast before, um, a lot of the broadcasters were talking about, uh, Jakey Brown-Turner and how, like, this was, like, her, her last season and, like, she was, like, expected to do really well in the tournament and she just did not meet those expectations. Yeah, I think at the beginning of the season, I remember hearing a lot about her, too, because she's, mm-hmm. I think she had like, she hit like the milestone, like a thousand points. Yeah, pretty early on, too. And uh, yeah, I mean, she's been pretty consistent for them. And I believe and, like, she was the one starter that came back, yeah, from... Did Boyd not start last year? No. She came off the bench. Cut this part out. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, Jakia was, uh, I mean, she was, she was solid this season, but I would say a better adjective to describe like her play was inconsistent yeah and I don't I don't think they had like someone that they could rely on for scoring like that mm-hmm. and uh I, actually you know I take that back I think Diamond Johnson was probably someone that you can rely on to score but she was like her injuries just like she couldn't really overcome yeah I think it was the same injury it was yeah it was the it same was one ankle. that she just wasn't taking enough time off I think in between games so it just mm-hmm. she would wait a couple days and then play again and then like tweak it again and yeah. then kind of repeat the same thing until it just got to the point where she couldn't really play anymore yeah. and that's that sucks because yeah she was I, there were moments where she could just like you know hit threes drive to the basket like couldn't really stop her and uh yeah and then also like there was so much value in what she would create for her teammates too um 
like she was really good at like driving and dishing and like kind of dictating yeah. what the defense was doing to create those opportunities. Yep. Yeah, they didn't have that starting unit that Westmore probably wanted out there for most of the season. I think he started with like Madison Hayes and then he brought her off the bench because she's more of like a I don't know how to do, like she's not she's definitely not a scoring guard. She's mm-hmm. more of like a a do it all type of player that can yeah. go get rebounds and like and you know she's definitely defense. not very flashy, but she can right. like she can finish around the room when she needs to and yeah. if like she can knock down open threes yeah. definitely. Well the three point shot's a little, a little <laughs> ugly, but I think yeah, no, she definitely she hit a couple in the game, right? Um yes. She hit I more by so. herself than NC yeah. the men's team. She was two for two. There. Yeah. Yeah. But then what happened at the end there? Why didn't it why didn't it work oh, out? Oh, the end was really painful. They I believe there was uh, there was like 30 seconds left in the game, or no, it was it was down to 12 because they had one turnover at 30 seconds. But Princeton didn't end up; they missed their shot, and they got the rebound, so they thought they were in the clear. Um, it was 63 to 61. There's 12 seconds to go. NC State was inbounding because they'd been fouled, but like they didn't they um, weren't in the bonus yet. Um, and I think it was actually Jakia that was inbounding. It in. yeah. yeah, it was. And they tried to go for. Um, they had, I believe it was Sanaya Rivers was like cutting to the basket and they were trying to look at looking to get it into her for like a quick two to like really seal off the game. But that pass ended up getting tipped and then stolen yeah. and then Princeton hit a three on the other end and they left like four seconds on the clock. Yep. And NC State didn't even get a shot off. Yeah. I think what Isaiah Isaiah James got the ball and then Yeah. Kinda, and they kinda locked her up yeah. and she wasn't able to do anything with yeah. it. Yeah, that that was bad. That was really bad. Um yeah. I can't like I think there's a time and a place to try to draw like an inbound play that like is for scoring and then mm-hmm. for getting the ball in. And that was yeah. not the time to try and get a person to cut to the basket. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw like, I don't know if Wes like wanted, I, I could like his body language on the sideline was just like, he was completely deflated, like mm-hmm. head down, shoulder sunken. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't good. And it's a bad. It's it sucks that that's the way you know Jakia and I think isn't Jada Boyd also done. They there are a couple girls that that was you know Camille Hobby. Yeah, it was um, the, like yeah, they're like they brought thing. in some some grad. River students, Baldwin too. River Mimi. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a good amount of their roster. That's yeah. Graduating. Yeah, that's kind of a shame. Yeah, Jada Boyd is a senior, so. Yeah, they What's, probably have another year of eligibility though. Yeah, Jakia Brown Turner and Jada Boyd do because mm-hmm. they were part of that COVID thing that happened. Yeah, yeah. So they probably will probably come back. I don't know. A lot of the athletes, like I cover a lot of gymnastics, and like three of the seniors over there are gonna probably come back. And yeah, so I wouldn't be shocked if they did. They tried to you know, mm-hmm. bring in some more people and keep building on the program, but overall, kind of a Disappointing step back from last season. Definitely. It reminded me kind of like football. Like mm-hmm. when you have like these expectations and like you think you have something that you can build on and then it just like kind of crumbles. Yeah. And I think, you know, injury plays a big part in that. But also like I don't know if pressure is like a factor in that. Mm-hmm. Like with Devin Leary, I mean, he was not playing well like before yeah. his injury. I think the same, you know, same thing applies here. No, I think 
Diamond was Jada got injured too, but it just this didn't pan out. They they didn't really deserve to be like a, a seven seed, I don't think. Yeah. I agree. Some people thought they were gonna make a run and I just I don't know. I never really bought into that. I would have expected them to at least win the first game. I didn't um one of my friends had sent me that Stephen A. Smith put them in his final four yeah. in his bracket, which was really surprising to me because I think if they could string together a bunch of really good games, they have the talent to get there, but they just haven't been able to do that. Like they had a stretch of really good games in the beginning of the season, but then since they, I think you covered the loss to Boston College and mm-hmm. they lost to Duke and Boston College, yeah, back to back, yeah, the two ACC games, right. Yeah. And then they had they kind of stumbled a little bit there. They recovered a little bit in January, but they could never like put together enough mm-hmm. games, like more than like two or three in a row, I don't think, yeah. even though they started the season really well. And I think in order to be a good like tournament team and like make a run, you kind of got to have that consistency mm-hmm. and be able to like build upon the success and not. Yeah. No, I know. think I think Westmore knew that. I think he knew like he didn't have the same team. Yeah. Because I remember early on in the season, like in the postgame press conferences, when they were playing those non-conference teams, and they were they were winning really handily. There were still things that he was like, "I don't like this about, yeah, you know what's going on. I'm not comfortable playing this girl this many minutes and like, and it just didn't, you know, didn't translate. And I I don't think he was surprised. It was a really turbulent season for him, and mm-hmm. it just yeah, I don't, I didn't like the you know the rotation was really thin all year. Yeah. It like really thin. And I think he took responsibility for that a little bit because he was saying I should have brought in more transfers or like made a better bid for people that left to like stay here. But yeah, I don't. I didn't watch the team last year, but I know they had like at least three girls that were like really important. Yeah, in the success and I think the point guard. Yeah, at least one of them got drafted into the um, center, WNBA. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just, I don't think Camille Hobby kind of filled that void. I think it was Cunane. I don't want to say that wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure what her name was. No, she came in. I mean, yeah, I don't, it just didn't work. And then Sophie Hart left. And uh, I think, didn't someone else leave too? Jessica Timmons left. Yeah. She did. Yeah. And she was. But she was in a center. Yeah, she was like a guard. It's still terrible for the, well, I mean, good for them that they're going to try and get minutes, but not as good for the program because... Yeah. I mean... I didn't even know you could do that in college. I thought you kind of had to stick it out for the season. I mean, I don't... I don't even... I don't even understand the transfer portal like that well, but... Yeah. Um. Yeah, they, they dip mm-hmm. because they weren't getting playing time. And I don't know. I don't think... I didn't get to see Hart enough to say like whether or not she deserved minutes. But I think yeah. Timmons had stretches of play where it was like pretty obvious that she was a talented guard that right. like you know could have helped the team, the bench unit. Mm-hmm. Um but I think the priority was more on like the development of Sanaya Rivers. That was a huge huge priority yeah. for the team. And I think it worked. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Definitely. She was probably the leading rebounder. Mhm. Um, which is not great for the centers, but good for Sanaya. Uh, Three-point shot needs some work. But, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I don't know. And I think 
this is a, that's a good segue into kind of our last topic here, which is what's going to happen next season uh, for both men and women. And I think we, we've already touched on that a lot here, but um, I think for men, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of roster turnover for both. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it's so hard to even say just because of how the transfer portal is. Like, you don't know. I know they have two pretty good, like, high school commits coming in for the woman that played in the McDonald's All-American game. Um, But, like, they don't know what they're going to get for transfers yet, which I think was, it was pretty impactful for the woman this year, but I think more impactful for the men because they were pretty horrible last year. And then they got all these transfers from... um, I think Joyner and Burns were both transfers yeah. and a couple other ones that really impacted the team and kind of like dramatically changed how they were playing. Yeah. I think Casey came over from Virginia, but he mm-hmm. this is his second year here, I think. Actually, I take that back. I think this was I'm not I'm not one hundred percent sure about that. Okay. Um, but I know this is his he still has a year of eligibility. So yeah, uh, I don't know. But I think it's it's good for the program. Uh, I think, kind of the, the NIL deals, um, is is helping, in this area. I think, um, I, I know there are bigger schools out there that can probably pay players more money. So that is going to probably be a topic of controversy mm-hmm. uh, as that plays out. But um, both programs. I mean the women the women's program has been solid since Westmore took over like almost 10 years ago. Yeah. And so I'm not concerned about that. I think they've kind of established themselves as like one of the top programs. Mm-hmm. Like regardless of how this season ended, I think I don't think they're going to have a problem like recruiting and like getting attention from like potential transfers. Yeah. So I think next season even though like those two graduate um, Mimi Collins and River Baldwin are going to mm-hmm. be gone, which honestly, I don't think they had the impact that, you know, everyone was hoping for. I think, I mean, Mimi had a good game against Princeton though. Yeah. She did do like, we really, which that. we didn't talk about. Yeah. She, the team struggled to score for the first couple minutes of the game. I think it was like, like the, the first, first seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then she came in she was just kind of like a spark of energy off the bench, which hasn't been like, that hasn't been the case all season. Like, that was right. definitely, like, a unique game for her, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, her she definitely impacted the game. And she had, like, an and one, I think, was her first, um, mm-hmm. the first time two, she scored. She back-to-back and ones, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So that's six total. Yeah. And she was a big part of getting their momentum going um, when the starters just didn't really seem to have it yeah. that game. Yeah. No, it's, it's unfortunate. But that wasn't kind of how it was all season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they'll be gone, and I don't think, you know, I think the lessons kind of learned are going to be important from this season too. I think like um, making sure that players that you want to like stay with the program are going to play because mm-hmm. you don't want, I mean, I don't know like all the details about the Jessica Timmons thing, but like if I was, you know, a coach on that staff, I would want her to stay. Yeah. Especially since, you know, she's a sophomore, like she still has years of eligibility like mm-hmm. that could be a big thing going down down the road yeah and that was a big part of Wes Moore had mentioned a couple times in like the post-game press conferences how 
it's really hard with the transfer portal now because he is so used to like having players for four years and getting to like develop them so that they kind of fit the team's agenda and like fit into the team um I guess like how he wants them to and so the team can fit together in that way but now you have all these transfers coming in and it's sort of harder to make a cohesive unit out of that mm. when you're just constantly adding new people yeah yeah and that's I think where the men succeeded where the women didn't mm-hmm. this season and so when you go and get those transfer players it's like it's it's kind of a gamble yeah um yeah, it's it's a different different game really with the way things are now. But um I think either team could benefit from that. And uh yeah, I mean I don't know who's gonna step up for the men. I'm a little more concerned about that. Um because mm-hmm. Jarkel and Jaquavion are both I mean, Jarkel's gonna be gone. Jaquavion yeah. can come back. I don't think he should. I think yeah. he should probably go try to play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think they had a couple of four-star recruits, actually. But I don't know if they'll play. You know, who knows? Um, yeah. It, it, I don't know if they're going to make the tournament next year. That, yeah, because that was, like, a big deal for them. Right. It, that sucked that they lost doesn't in the first round. <laughs> yeah. It does not I think happen a lot. Since 2018, maybe, it was the last time they made it. Yeah, I I know, I think they made the tournament when Dennis Smith Jr. was here. Um, Mm -hmm. And then before that, it was pretty rare. It's a special thing to have a player like him come in and then immediately be like an NBA caliber talent Mm -hmm. because this is a program that, I mean, we we share kind of a player pool with Duke and UNC, like locally. And so... It's hard. It's hard to get players to want to come here instead of go there, especially if it's like a local thing. And like, I th- I'm hoping that you know him being here and repping NC State and not transferring out like the Martin brothers or you know Yurtsvin or like I don't know. I mean TJ Warren, TJ Warren was good, um, mm. but it it is it's rare. TJ, I mean that was a long time ago and. Yeah, so hopefully high school athletes see that and they're like, you know, it's it's worth a shot playing here. This is a good coach and this is a capable program and uh the fan base is passionate. I would say Yeah. probably it stacks up against Duke and UNC for sure. Mm-hmm. Even though we don't win <laughs> as much, we definitely have like the same level of passion for our athletes and our sports. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially with, I think, DJ Burns this year. Obviously, I wasn't here last year, and mm-hmm. neither were you. Right. But I don't. I feel like his personality that we talked a lot about earlier like kind of garnered a lot of student support, even from yeah. kids who wouldn't usually like be into basketball. Right. They just kind of saw like this big, goofy guy in his sunglasses, and yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They just kind of loved him, and yeah, that and his, got his a lot of hype turning bring grandma and yeah yeah no he's he's a great guy and uh yeah i'm i've seen some of his social media he's you know he's really happy that (laughs) that you know this season was successful i think that's the bottom line and um i think there were a lot of upsides despite the the loss Mm -hmm. to creighton 
And uh, yeah, obviously, I mean, Creighton's a good team. Yeah. So they shouldn't hang their heads too low. Mm-hmm. They're a sweet 16 team. And they were the, the 11 seed too. So it's not like. Yeah. They, It'd be one thing if, to win, you know, you were, were the seven, seven seed going up against the 10 and then choked it at the end. That's, right. You know, that's <laughs> a little different. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we could probably wrap it up there. We have the time here. Uh, 30-ish minutes. All right. Well, that sounds good. Um, thank you for joining us for our first episode. We're going to try to return um, in two weeks. And hopefully you guys tune in then. Um, this has been Light of Red. Music in this podcast was Jonas Hipper's King of Sports and Vibe and Sneaky. Licensed under Creative Commons from the Green Music Archive.